So I'm going to record. And okay. then now I'm going to let everybody in. There we go. Admit all. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, 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 everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, ladies, for coming. Thank you for supporting our Zenful Conversations. Um, can everyone hear? Just get a thumbs up that everybody can hear. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Um, let's see, we have Kimberly, Eileen, Sally, Linda, and Cheryl. Looks like it's with us today. Um, so welcome to Zenful Conversations. Uh, for information on future guest speakers and our many Zoom offerings, please visit zenfulconversations.com. My name is Zen Jen Brown. I'm your host, and we're here today with our guest speaker, a very special guest speaker, Dr. Eileen Boris. Eileen, thank you so very much for coming and sharing your loving energy with us today. You're more than welcome, and thank you for inviting me uh, and, and giving me an opportunity to talk about something that I'm so passionate about, and which I think is just so important for all of us. So thank oh, you. Absolutely. It, it does seem like you are quite busy. Um, let me give a little bit of information about Dr. Eileen Boris. Dr. Eileen Boris is a forgiveness and conflict resolution expert. She has many qualifications, and if I read them all, we would be here only listening to that. So here's a brief summary, author, speaker, consultant. Dr. Boris is a prolific writer publishing many articles and books on the topic of forgiveness, from the personal to the political. Um, so her first book was Forgiveness, the Ultimate Freedom. And what I have and what we've been going over is Finding Forgiveness, which is a seven-step program for letting go of anger and bitterness. This is a self-help book. And both books focus on the profound impact of forgiveness on multiple levels, ranging from individuals' personal lives to resolution of long-standing international conflicts. Dr. Boris is a popular speaker on the nuances of conflicts, forgiveness, and reconciliation. She's been honored to speak at the 128th plenary meeting at the United Nations General Assembly on Forgiveness and the Healing of Nations. By invitation of the United Nations, she also speaks to members of the UN, UN agencies, and non-governmental organizations worldwide. She has shared the podium with such prominent people such as Mary Robinson, former president of Ireland at the Aspen Institute and facilitated an interfaith dialogue with His Holiness the Dalai Lama and other prominent religious figures. Uh, on invitation by Mary Ann Williamson, Dr. Boris spoke at the Sister Giant Conference. As a consultant, Dr. Boris has worked in Indonesia for the United States Agency for International Development creating and instructing reconciliation workshops. She's consulted with the United Nations Developmental Fund for Women to develop specialized peace building training programs for women. And she's developed training programs in trauma healing, forgiveness and multi-track diplomacy in Liberia through the United Nations Development Program. A few of her many awards, I just wanna mention a couple of awards because I really believe um, boy, the offering that you, that would you offer the world in the form of your work, I'm, I'm honored to recognize. The awards are 
Um, she's received Athena Leadership Award for her work in empowering women around the world. She's received another Athena, Athena Leadership Award for her work, courage and wisdom in her work home and abroad, distinguished contribution to the practice of psychology for her work done in psychology, including peace psychology, champion of forgiveness and recognition for exemplary commitment to forgiveness, reconciliation, and peace from the World Forgiveness Alliance. And there's much more, but she is here with us today to chat and answer your questions on this very special subject. Wow. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for that introduction. Holy smokes. Um, I, I just am I'm honored to be speaking with you because I, I, in researching your, uh, I mean, we, we read in the, we're in the group every day, practically. We have a small group that we, well, 600 ladies, and we go over such books in efforts to live a happier, healthier life, improving our life, enjoying life. And, um, we came across this book because it is an important subject, but after researching all that you have done, all you have offered humanity, I just thank you so much for that offering. Thank you. Thank you for that offering. Information on how to contact Dr. Boris directly will be offered at the end of this conversation, as well as in the uh, replay link when that is sent to all the registrants. So um, the work you do in this world is extraordinary. And thank you for being here with us. Um, and I would like to definitely hear a little bit about your experience with the Dalai Lama and the United Nations, but um, your book, your offerings on this very important subject needs to definitely be brought to light. So um, I thought that we could just turn to the back of this book <laughs> and there's seven bullet points there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I kind of thought maybe we could just, there's not, this is a deep subject. And it's worthy of time to sit with this. I'm actually going to see if the ladies want to do an in-depth study of just this book alone. Um, but the seven steps towards forgiveness. Clear your mind of negative thoughts that get in the way of your happiness. Um, is there any way to just expand on that a little bit on, on each of the chapters? Yes, and, and actually that is almost the outline of the book, as you well know, that each chapter covers a step in the forgiveness process with stories that illustrate the step. So in the first step, and when we talk about, you know, looking at the negatives and letting it go, some of that also is around understanding what does forgiveness really mean? Because if we just stopped 10 people on the screen and said, what, how would you define forgiveness? Everyone would have a different answer. And they may not even see similar. Some you know, might come from a religious perspective of turning the other cheek. Uh, others may say other things. And that's not really what forgiveness means. And so what trips people up about being able to forgive is that they don't understand what forgiveness is all about. And that's why in, in the first chapter dealing with one of the steps, it talks about what forgiveness is not. It's not letting someone off the hook. It's not about um, letting, letting them not take responsibility for their actions. It's not about turning the other cheek. 
It is about letting go of our emotional burdens so we could live a, a much happier and healthier life. And you know people who hold grudges and, and you know there's a lot of research about when you're holding in anger, when you're holding in grudges, it affects our immune system, it affects our health, it affects our well-being. So the first step is learning about the fact that if I've done something to someone else, that person, if they're forgiving me, what they're really doing is they're looking at their anger, they're looking at their resentment, they're looking at their fear, they're looking at their guilt, and they're beginning to understand what these emotions are saying to them and what that is saying about the situation so they can begin to learn to let go of those emotions and see a situation differently. So it's about letting go of our emotional burdens and being willing to see a situation, not through our anger, not through our guilt, not through our fear, but through understanding and compassion, which is what the steps help us get to in the forgiveness process. Yeah, um, it is about that. You know, and it, some, you do, you see families that are just torn apart and so many, so many things that are very sad. Um, and, and sometimes I wonder how, how, like in my own situations, how, how somebody could be so upset about something that happened so long ago, you know, mm -hmm. and, and how you could still carry it on because, well, I, it's energy and it definitely manifests in some form or fashion. I'm here to say right, right. <laughs> that that stuff forms, it comes to fruition is somehow, some way. So it, uh, we've had conversation on expressing our truth and expression of of um, of our emotions and yeah uh so it's understanding it right and you know it's as we get, go. get through the steps of forgiveness you know the first step obviously is getting a clear understanding of what do we mean by forgiveness but then it's about telling our story and the reason that that's so important is that it helps us get in touch with our emotions, our anger, our fear, our guilt, because until we really see that, we can't learn what those emotions are, are saying to us in order for us to let it go. For example, anger is not necessarily bad. Anger is telling us that something needs to change either within ourselves or outside of ourselves, that we've been violated in some way. Usually it's about something inside of ourselves, the way we are choosing to look at a situation, but that's where our growth comes from. And Jen, I know you work a lot with energy, so you'll understand this comment. I hope the others can too. What we see in this world is very limited. Our vision is very limited. We, we kind of see with blinders on and forgiveness can help widen our vision so we begin to understand things in a much broader way and you know when when people ask me about forgiveness I'll, I'll talk about in a very pragmatic way it's about helping us feel better letting go of the pain the suffering going on but as you've already indicated and you understand it can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper 
So I meet people where they're at, which is that pragmatic. It will make you feel better. It will help you let go of that anger so you can go on with your life. But as you get deeper, you're getting into a, a more spiritual experience of understanding things in a deeper way, in a broader way. And that's where true transformation can happen. And that's yeah. reflected in some of the stories actually in Finding Forgiveness. Yeah, actually, I had that in my notes on page 125. It had listen within um, that, that, but it was, I'm jumping ahead. This was, this was last, this is, but that is that, yeah, to me, that is everything. Um, you know, a couple of things there though, you know, well, let's see, you probably bring up forgiving yourself. Yeah. Because I think that is more challenging. Most everybody in our group has had their crash and burn. Most of our listeners have, have already been to the trying to crawl back up again and, and mm -hmm. come to life again. Um, so I, I would say, and we do discuss that energy quite often because it's, it's everything. So um, but I think the forgiveness of ourselves, though, and things that we've had, because we're, we will have a couple years on us in this group as well. And um, there is that. And, and, and I was talking to my, my, my boyfriend today and, you know, you know, I think that what we need to forgive ourselves for anyway is so varied. Like when he said what he, he thought he needed to forgive himself for, I'm like, but it's nothing I'm thinking of myself. You know, what do you mean? What's but you know, we all have our own perception on everything. And um, I don't know, can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, because we all we all have lenses in which we see life through. And it's colored by our experiences, our perceptions. And what happens is we might perceive things a certain way. I mean, we again you get a room full of people. And somebody walks in and says one thing, somebody in the room could be very offended and another person could be saying, oh, the person's just having a bad day. Those are their issues, not mine. You know, all of these kinds of things. The, the issue is that we take our perceptions as facts. They are not facts. They are the way we choose to see the world through whatever our issues are. And when we can begin to work through our own issues and our own fear and our own guilt, our perceptions change and we can choose the kinds of perceptions we want to have and as we clear up our emotional baggage so to speak we can choose to see the world through a lens of everyone is trying to do the best they can because i know my struggles and this is the wonderful thing also about forgiveness as you are working on yourself through your own process we get to take a look at our own perceptions. And when I get to say, okay, I, I am struggling with X, Y, and Z. And so if you do something to me, and now I've done my work, I can appreciate our humanity and be able to say, you're struggling too. And, and, and those are your struggles. And I don't need to take it on. And I don't need to be upset about this. And, and I could forgive you as a result of all of that. And that's how we work with it. And, and that's the, the other piece I really like about forgiveness because the more I clear up my stuff, 
the more I get in touch with my own spiritual essence, which allows me to get more in touch with your spiritual essence and recognize all the ego stuff around and recognize powerful. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, I think sometimes, sometimes it's best not to say that to somebody else, though, right. because that will trigger them to be, well, you're forgiving me. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Whoa. Right. So you don't, you can, in, in the genuine energy of love is, is all of this. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, because as you work deeper and deeper and deeper, you realize that forgiveness is about your own inner healing, not about anybody else. It's about your own inner healing and about the way you have chosen to see the world. So as you work through your anger and you understand, okay, anger is a messenger. What is it that I need to change? Is it something inside of me or is it something outside of me? Do I need to get out of Dodge? And very often, you know, I say to people, if somebody has hurt you, or if you're in an abusive relationship, yes, get out. And you can still forgive that person, but that doesn't mean that you have to be in a relationship with them. Right. Um, and then as you do some of your deeper work, you realize that we're all capable of doing the same things. If I grew up in the circumstances that that person grew up in, who has hurt me, I probably may not act much differently than they have. You know, and I also say to myself, thank goodness I've come into this world with a healthy mind and a healthy body. Because there, you know, we know people who are dealing with mental illness. And thank goodness that's not our crime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. I could be, I could be mesmerized and talk about this for hours. Dr. Eileen has a private practice, so I want to make sure we get the questions. And does anybody have any questions they'd like to ask? Go ahead. Take your mute. You're all muted. Yeah, go ahead. Ready? Okay. Yep. Hi, my name's Kim. And doctor, you just blew me away when you said that our perceptions aren't facts are not facts are not facts that blows me away <laughs> um and i just want to bring up how does that i know that you've you know been to the united nations and all that stuff and how do you think how how do you you know tell people that like in the state of the world today leaders of the world all that kind of stuff how does that work how do, uh, okay so when you, so what are you asking? How do we help people deal with the issue that our perceptions are not facts, even though we treat them as such? Yes. Okay. Well, you don't go to the, to, to the UN and say to whomever, you know, you're perceiving the world incorrectly. And I think one of the big problems that you're actually hitting on, because I'm, I'm working on another book right now, on political forgiveness is how, how, how do we get leaders to be transformative? Right, right. That's what I'm getting at. Yes, it, exactly. And so, and unfortunately, people who usually rise to leadership are pretty narcissistic. And, mm. you know, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. 
So what it requires is for people to understand what are the qualities and characteristics of a transformative leader. And actually in one of the chapters of the book that I'm writing, it talks about transformative leadership. You know, and, and we, have, we have people like that. We have a Nelson Mandela. We have a John Hume, if anybody knows anything about Northern Ireland history, what John Hume tried to do. They understand that there's something far greater than themselves. And they have a, a certain kind of moral compass that guides them. So it's really about training people to be good leaders and transformative leaders and have and be able to step outside of themselves to understand what the greater good is. And so that's a real challenge. And but that's where we are. And I'm, you know, I, I love working with young people. And I, you know, teach at a graduate school. And I'm hoping, you know, to to whenever I'm invited to speak to students, I love it because they understand this. Mm. And that's what we need more of. So it is, it's a hard job. And that's why, you know, I'm writing the book and why I get up and, and speak. So people begin to understand what is required of us. If we want to build what I call a culture of political forgiveness, what that requires, and it requires all of us, not mm -hmm. just leaders, but every single one of us to be able to heal within ourselves so we can build a healthier society. Wow, that's a big job. <laughs> yeah, it is. It'll keep me going for a few more years. Yeah, but you know, you tell me of, of episodes of that old timey, Kim, even in, um, you know, as you're massaging. Right. <laughs> you're yeah. speaking words of peace, you know. Yeah, Thank one you. person at a time, I guess. Well, yeah. it's a, that's really important. If we all, you know, develop a consciousness that's based in understanding compassion and kindness, if we could all do, do that. Can you mm -hmm. imagine the society we could be building? Right. You know, unfortunately, leaders go and they want to, you know, talk about fear and uh, and mm -hmm. they, you know, fuel the flames of people instead of looking at the other kinds of emotions of how do we really impart understanding and compassion about one another mm. and really want to be listening to one another. So all of our mindsets talk about energy that builds a certain energy and that's what we need and it does take everyone yeah wow dr boris for president <laughs> <laughs> and and if i understand correctly kim you're a massage therapist yes i would wish i could just give you my body right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah you probably need it i will say this is probably as close to a political conversation as we've gone right <laughs> no i just i just we talk to know, about like, god we'll yeah. talk about spirituality but we haven't really got uh, you know too many varied opinions there thank you kim thank yep. you kim thank you sally did you have something you want to share um well I don't know if I have something that I want to share or not, but, um, you know, I'm really enamored with uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, mm -hmm. and um, he does this, uh, or did this, he's right. deceased, yeah. um, and um, I listen to him quite a bit, and he's quite amazing, and he goes at it exactly like what you're talking about, mm -hmm. and, you know, um, 
I don't know. Uh, today I felt very um, reading different stuff. I didn't read about this, but I was, yeah, I guess I was coming close to um, forgiveness in the meeting I went to this morning. And, um, you know, I've known for quite a while that what, you know, blue, um, uh, um, Kimberly said blew her away, but it still didn't help me. I mean, it didn't help me to, um, uh, what was that line? Uh, perception is take our perceptions as facts when we work through, you know, and then when we work through it, well, you know, the, where I was coming from was because I took my perceptions as facts, um, there's something wrong with me. You know, I mean, no matter what I did as I grew up, um, it, it was just something wrong with me. So even after I learned, you know, you have to learn to realize that's not true. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, in order to get well, um, you know, and I just have a little different viewpoint on it coming along here now. And so I feel very delighted about that, you know, that, you know, I'm not necessarily a sick person getting well. I am more um, just like anybody else. I'm trying to apply some of this stuff mm -hmm. to me because we all come with stuff. I so that, that's where I'm at. And I'm, I'm really, um, I have a lot, quite a bit of unfinished stuff. And I'm really excited that you're here. Well, and it sounds like you're on a wonderful mm -hmm. journey of self-exploration, and I want to applaud you for that, because uh, that's what we're all here, you know. Um, I used to do some work in hospice, and I, I read a lot about the, people's experiences, and there's a, a book, I think it's called Into the Light by Dr. John Lerma, and he was a hospice doctor and uh, working in the hospital in Houston, Texas. And so he would hear stories of people hovering between life and death. And in his book, he described some of this work. And he said what he saw, and it didn't matter if you were a nine-year-old boy, if you were a Nazi, if you were a murderer, if you were a drug addict, if you were an 87-year-old spiritual woman, it didn't matter that the stories that people were coming back with right before they crossed over was that the reason why we're here, the purpose in our lives is to really learn how to love unconditionally and forgive. And for those who have very loving relationships throughout life and who've been able to do this kind of work, they pass a lot easier. And that's what makes a life meaningful and fulfilling. And so I hear with you that you're on that journey. You're, you're working toward that. And that's quite beautiful. So I, I really want to really applaud what you're doing. Well, thank you. It hasn't been very long, you know, that I have finally, I, 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 sometimes I think of it as being stubborn, but um, I don't think it was, really exactly stubbornness I just really didn't believe things you know and um you know it took whatever they say you know uh lots of little things and I guess I guess you could say energy here and energy there mm -hmm. um whatever but um 
Um, it took a while for it to, for, for me to be able to open up to all this. Well, and that's because of the work you were willing to do, because this is not easy stuff. And, mm -hmm. and for the forgiveness process itself is not easy because right. we have to be willing to take a, a true look at ourselves and see the role we are playing in our own emotional pain as well. And most people don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I know it's true, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, I think we all, in, in a way, we want to think we're doing something, but not really do it. Right. Right. <laughs> like, let me, let me just think I am. Yeah, because mm -hmm. uh, it is challenging. Um, but it's so rewarding and breathtaking from the little bit that I've been able to release. It's just so wonderful work that Sally, thank you. And I'll, I will say mm -hmm. that I really appreciate you sharing your love all the time with, with, with us. You're, you're, you're a joy to know. So I'm glad that you hang around. <laughs> thank you. Thanks a lot. Anybody else have anything they'd like to share or ask? Aline, Cheryl, Maria, Linda? Well, the um, statement or perceptions are not facts, I think is so relevant to our experience right now, especially politically. And I will embrace reading your new book. Um, unfortunately, the people that need it won't be reading it, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, you know, it's kind of like preaching to the choir, but um, it, it's kind of interesting because if I flip that on its end and I have to uh, take a look at the so-called other side and where they're at right now, uh, one would say that, you know, we'd call into question my perceptions mm -hmm. and I've been struggling with that because I had a tremendous group of friends down here. We were probably about 16 people mm -hmm. and we're down to about six and much of it is politically related. And although I love and care about them, uh, it got to a point that we couldn't have really good open-ended types of discussions. Mm -hmm. And um, so again, the perceptions are not facts and um, how both sides are probably at this time both sides are kind of polarized into where they are uh where we're getting our facts from right it's just it's really this is going to be a struggle yeah i mean what group was it that you were with that it was a group of uh women um we started off as maj friends and we became social friends we became family um, you know, all the roles that when you move to somewhere new and you embrace new people. So it was that kind of group. Mm -hmm. And we fulfilled all the needs of friendship and family. Right, right. That's so sad to hear that. I'm developing a project now called Healing Hate in America. Mm. And, and the project is, um, and it's based on forgiveness. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it has that healing component of forgiveness, but it, it's based on a political forgiveness model. And mm -hmm. I'm actually looking for groups that um, have been hurt by the other side because of um, policies. And ah. I'm working, working on both sides. And I'm actually okay. the researcher because I want to make sure that the, the program is in three phases. The first phase really deals with um, how do we do our own healing work 
within ourselves for forgiveness. The second phase really looks at how do we derive our own truths mm -hmm. and how do we begin to look at each other's truths? And then how can we heal that the rift between all of this? And then the third part goes into the social justice reconciliation piece of how do we take all of this to heal society? And so what I'm trying to do with some research is, is learn how to assess these phases uh, to, to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do and to develop this program called Healing Hate in America. So, and, and it's precisely to help all of us. So when we're in the groups that you just described, that we know how to talk to one another. So mm -hmm. those kinds of things don't happen. It's happening within families oh, I yeah. hear it all the time, you know, and, and it's fascinating to me, but I kind of look at it also on a spiritual level, how to learn to accept one another and love people unconditionally, even though they think differently than we do and how to, to hear each other's fears and concerns because underneath all of this is a lot of fear and, and yes. be there because if we can begin to unite and recognize, okay, because of my life experiences, this is the way I think. And because of your life experiences, this is the way you think. And what has happened and what are you not feeling and what am I not feeling in order to join one another? Because in the joining is our healing. And that's what forgiveness also teaches us. In our joining is our healing. Well, you know how Facebook populates uh, periodically photographs from the past, mm -hmm. you know? And various members um, of, of my large group periodically respond to the past photos. And most recently, there's been floated the idea, maybe we should have a reunion. And mm -hmm. I think that's a great, you know, personally, I think it's a great idea. But how to address and frame our differences, you know, I don't want to lose my democracy. Right, right, right. Exactly. And what can that look like that's very inclusive? Right. Everybody's voice is heard. And part of when you talk about social justice, how do I embrace and continue a friendship? And I think this is a universal question. How does one embrace um, and continue a friendship when we're so diametrically opposed uh, on certain really grounding issues in mm -hmm. life? Mm -hmm. How do we Such as, you know, the right, the right to abortion, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's, there's just certain, uh, you know, absolutes in my mind of freedoms that I grant to other people that I, I don't, I feel like I would be um, sort of not valuing my own <laughs> feelings right. by spending time with somebody that I know is a racist, for example, right. like, how do I really spend time in that company, you know, right. and call them friend? Right. Well, and it's learning how to be non-judgmental. Yeah. So I am. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. We all are. Right. So you're in good company. But the more we Here's the J. Way, <laughs> I think mine right. is well, right here. Are you kidding? <laughs> I think, yes. I think, yeah. I mean, I just wanted to say that Eileen Kozloff is um, a singer songwriter and she has wrote, written songs on no more war and, and a lot wow. of very politically active songwriters. So, um, so that, so, so she's, I would say fair to say outspoken about <laughs> <laughs> the, 
to where I got to say, I personally don't, I don't come near those conversations with people. <laughs> mm -hmm. but I just don't even go near them. Eileen. This is really great. Good so to I'm, meet you. Yeah. I'm, and I, I really, you know, if you find you need a group, maybe, maybe our group would be receptive to working with you. So now um, Eileen, where are you located? I'm also in the Gulf Coast side. I'm in the Sarasota Bradenton area, specifically Lakewood Ranch. Okay. Because I which, outside like of Sarasota Bradenton. It sounds a little bit like a New York accent to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> close enough. Jersey and Philly. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Eileen Kozloff. Thank I you. appreciate it. Thank you so Thank much. You. Um Cheryl, Linda, Maria, do any of you have any questions for anything to ask today? Comments? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so we, we just have a couple more minutes. Um, can you possibly just give us a brief, what it was like, your experience, just an emotional feel down of, of what it was like being present with the Dalai Lama and because uh, that's that's a realization for you as well, um, to be in that situation, in that space, just that your experience, the experience of it, not that it's your part of your experience, but the experience itself, I think is absolutely beautiful. Um, just a little bit on, on, um, on the Dalai Lama meme, maybe. Okay. Um, I've been really fortunate because I've actually met him about seven or eight times. And um, it, it actually started uh, in the 80s when um, I was actually one of the, um, the workers for a conference down in Costa Rica. And it was the year that His Holiness was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. And so I got the call there about it. And we had to change schedules and everything for the conference. And so I was on this the security team and um he's been to arizona so i've also been on the security team here but i think more importantly i've been to dharamsala which is where the tibetan government in exile is housed right now and where his holiness the dalai lama lives and i i have gone up numbers of times to help train uh the tibetan government in exile in conflict resolution and um, how to negotiate with the Chinese. And after these training programs, I was able to have private audience with His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And I, I, I don't have words to describe his beautiful, beautiful energy. Oh, I feel it. It is it, 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 so incredible. And, um, you all probably don't know this either. I'm married to a Tibetan. And um, so there's a lot of Tibetan connections and I'm also on the board of a Tibetan organization to help, you know, help them with their democracy and freedom concerns. So anyway, um, this is kind of a tie into how I got the forward written by His, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama in the book, Finding Forgiveness. Uh, I, I do get invited to, to have private audiences with him because he wants to hear how, how the training went. And, and of course, it's such an honor to be in his presence that it's kind of a gift given to me because I do this without being paid. 
Yeah. And um, so at that particular time, I might have been like my fifth or sixth private audience. You think I would get used to this by now, but every time I walk in, and I am a, a, a Buddhist, so I, you know, do the prostrations, and he'll pick me up by my collar and say, no, no, you know, and um, I, so I went in that, that particular time, and I wanted to ask him if he would write the forward to the book on finding forgiveness, but I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. And partly is because I know so, you know, people all the time are asking him for things, which is why I couldn't do it. Um, but then later that, that evening, I was over at um, friends who are Tibetans and, and it's his holiness, his younger brother and, and good friend of mine, who is his wife. And she said to me, um, we heard you had an audience with His Holiness. And I said, yeah. And then I said, well, I, I, I wanted to ask him something. And she says, yes, I know. What did you want to ask him? And like, he didn't know, right? <laughs> and um, I told her I, I wanted to ask to write a forward to the book. And she says, don't worry about it. Just ask, you know, Geshe-la uh, tomorrow, his, his private secretary. It's not a problem. So of course, I'm still very bashful when it comes to these kinds of things. And um, but the, as things would happen, the next day I'm walking through town in Dharamsala and who do I run into but his private secretary. And I, and I asked him, he said, I think you wanted to ask His Holiness something. And I said, yes. And, and I told him, he said, it's not a problem. And he told me exactly what to do, which is how I was able to get that forward. Phenomenal. Uh, but his energy, uh, it, it's indescribable. He's such a beautiful being. Thank and you for sharing that energy. Because well, I, I, as you were speaking, I could feel it a little bit, a little mm -hmm. bit, a little bit, a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you for sharing the love. Thank you for sharing your teachings. Um, at, the, at the bottom of your email, you have a quote by Stephen Grellett. And I just want to read it. I expect to pass through the world once. Any good, therefore, that I can do or any kindness I can show to any creature, let me do it now. Let me not defer it. I shall not pass this way again. So um, with that, I wanted to just go ahead and give your, is there anything you'd like to say? Anything that's leaving you hanging that you want to express before we give your web address? Et I, I think, you know, I'm so grateful for this opportunity and to speak to these wonderful ladies and to speak to you. And I, I am also so grateful that you read that quote because that's how I, I lead my life. That every day, if I can help somebody alleviate some pain or fear or anxiety, then I've had a good day. And that's why that's I'm also yeah. a psychologist and why I do what I do. Beautiful, so, beautiful. A peaceful psychologist. You've, you've definitely brought a lot of light to, to, to my mind anyway. Um, and I just really appreciate very much your time and your, your work that you do in this world. Thank you for doing it. It's, it's beyond extraordinary, Thank beyond you. extraordinary. And so the web address is um, Dr. Boris, B-O-R-R-I-S dot com and Dr. Eileen Boris as well, E-I-L-E-E-N 
Boris, and it's Dr. the doctor. But I will send all of this um, in the re in the email, which will have the replay link, because because there's also Twitter and Facebook. There's a multitude of ways you can connect with Dr. Boris, and all that will be sent out with the follow-up email along with the link for replay. Um, Let me just say it, one thing about those mm -hmm. um, websites. The drboris.com talks about the political forgiveness work. DrEileenBoris.com is how people sign up, you know, if they want for my private practice, basically. So you've got the personal work, which is the DrEileenBoris.com, and the political forgiveness work, which is the DrBoris.com. So I just wanted people to know that. Absolutely, absolutely. But because some of the people will be watching this on replay, and this is also posted on YouTube, etc. So it's good that you point that out. And um, yes, please visit zenfulconversations.com to sign up for more of these wonderful conversations where you get to ask the questions. In true gratitude, Dr. Boris, thank you again for sharing your time and your loving energy here with us. Well, thank you so much again for inviting me. It's In my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And uh, thank ladies, you. Thank, thank you all for your questions. Thank you for coming and thank you for supporting these. And thank you to everybody else that listens and we will see you next time. Namaste. 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 Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.